Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hi, angels. Welcome back to episode six. Six, Today, have the tissues handy, have all... Have your heart wide open (laughs) and your brain's on pause. And let's talk about a story. Um, I don't know how to begin the story other than to, I'm going to share an experience that I had and I'm going to share my response to the experience. And, and I'm going to share some information we're going to, Vanessa and I are going to kind of bounce it around and look at things and look at how we're, how, you know, how this is awesome at the same time. It's sad, but, I, but how it's awesome, at the, you know, that, that this happened because it's truly a catalyst in my journey of body reclamation. Um, yeah. So this one, hopefully we'll post it on the day that it's meant to post and then I won't get scared and chicken out, but <laughs> It'll get, it'll get there when it gets there, but (laughs) it will get there because of that commitment. And this is what I love about it. This is what I love about us is our commitment and following through and, you know, this really being a journey that you've committed to. Yeah. And when you do commit to a journey, you are open to all these experiences that, that I may have, you may have too, or may not. So Mm -hmm. without further ado. Okay. So back in, back gosh, I don't remember when it was August, July, I got invited. No, I applied to be a self-love ambassador for a company called All Things Boudoir. And what they are is they're a company that wants to empower the woman by taking, it can, for all intents and purposes, boudoir photos. Now your photos can be as sexy or non-sexual as you want them to be. You can be fully clothed. You can be scantily clad. You can be naked. You can be whatever it is that you want to be. But their purpose was to empower women into this place of just embracing who they are in the moment and loving what they see and learning to love that. So I was pumped and I was like, so I applied. And they, they, um, they actually approved me to be one of their ambassadors. I have a link. If anybody's interested, I'll put it in the comments when we post this, but I have a link, um, for my ambassadorship. Um, and it's, I'm a self-love ambassador, which (laughs) still working on it. So it's a great person (laughs) to be right. Um, and, and when I, when I did this, like you ever do something, you ever, Vanessa, you ever do something that you know that you're, you need to do. There's no question. There's no doubt. There's no like, oh my God, I'm going to do that. There's no like wavering of knowing that it's something that needs to be done. Even Mm -hmm. if what you feel the reason is, is far different from what the outcome actually is. Um, You know, you, we have these moments that we do things and we're so sure that we need to do it. That's how I felt. I felt no sense of like worry or intimidation or sense of like, why am I doing this? Oh my God, you know what we're doing? I just knew I had to do it. Even on the day I was like, I was like, I'm here. I had a little anxiety because you know me, I, you know, taking photos of ourselves, especially as bigger women, Um, is one of the things that most of us have a hard time with. Like we don't want to be in the shots. That's why we hold the camera up high and angled. So we get rid of the double chin or we, we, you know, only from the, you know, boobs up. That's all we, we don't want to be photographed in a full length thing because we reject that part of ourselves. Oh, friends. So the, the photo shoot went amazing. The girls are amazing. I felt very comfortable I had a couple issues with 
being having arthritis, having joint replacements and things like that. That it's another challenge, a whole nother challenge, a whole nother story. Um, but I felt good. The time went really fast. It was over before we even knew it. We, we, um, we, yeah, we had a good time. So I chose the time to reveal my pictures and I love it that they're doing, you, you just get a link and you get a passcode and it reveals all your photos. So I had invited my, um, gay best friend, (laughs) my queer best friend, (laughs) um, help me pick out the photos. Cause I was going to get a package and mm-hmm. I helped me pick up the photos for the photo album and stuff like that. And I was like really pumped and, and we were looking through them and some of them were like, yeah, no, you know, they were just, they were kind of funny. Um, you know, because sometimes when you put a larger woman in certain poses that thinner women, you see that their back is arched and, you know, and that they're, they're being they're luring or whatever. Sometimes women of size and women who are, uh, or even men, I mean, men of size, or even men who, and women who like, maybe there's mobility issues. Like my, some of my joints are my ankles don't bend, you know, anymore. So there's no allure. (laughs) Like certain things are not going to (laughs) be bendy and archy. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like, I knew where they were going with it, but it didn't quite translate on on camera. So it was, we were, we were giggling. It was fun. We, I didn't really have a big response. There were a few photos that were of full length. Um, and, and just for reference, I had a, um, a matching, like really cute bra and panty set on that were full length that I was like, mm, I'm feeling some kind of way about. Yeah. And I just was like, okay, you know, I, perfectly understandable. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm being confronted with a, a very realistic version of how I look and who I am. And then I kind of sat with it and then I got to therapy. Thank God I scheduled therapy <laughs> for the day after. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> and what I found I was feeling at first, I tied it to the feeling of shame. Yeah. Um, and not of shame of my body, but the shame that I felt for treating my body the way that I have. Mm-hmm. And I think I use shame because I didn't know any other word to fit with that emotion. I think it was just me lack of vocabulary more than anything, mm-hmm. but, it, but it was remorse. It was the idea of embarrassment that I, how I look, it wasn't, that I looked that way, but it was the real, it was the realistic view of, you know, how I look versus the lens that I look through about how I look, because even us overweight girls, we tend to have a filter sometimes of a skinnier time. Yeah. When we were thinner, when we felt better because it's our way of coping. And I'm not, I'm not in any way invalidating the use of that filter, because sometimes that's how we go through life. That's how we get through life is by seeing ourselves differently than what we are, because when we're not ready to be faced with what we are, it can be very damaging Mm -hmm. because I've been faced with it every now and again, somebody will take a picture of it and I'll get, and it was hurtful. Like it was shocking to me. It was almost like a a traumatic experience. So there's a reason we have those filters in our heads of, times when we were thinner, we felt better about ourselves. We felt more empowered. Like, you know, there was, there was a couple of moments in my life where I was rather thin. I was healthy. I was thin for me because I, my bone structure and my muscular structure used to be very stocky. So I never was the thin, thin. I was like the chick who worked out thin kind of thing. So (laughs) I had those pictures in my head. Not that I was disbelieving that I was that big, but I knew that I had gained weight, but I still looked at myself through that filter. Mm-hmm. But to be confronted with the stark reality of, of how I actually looked, I was, I, I was, first of all, I did not feel any disgust. I did not feel any rejection type of energy, which to me is a huge win. Absolutely. Which is like, I'm like, oh, I've moved on. I've begun the, <laughs> I've begun the process of acceptance. Right, like, like, ooh, growth. Yes. <laughs> it's here. 
<laughs> and that that came from putting my social media and having people that look like me on my social media. Right. And that's that's how that's where I got that. That's how I could right. because I was confronted with how I felt, my judgment, I worked through that. Right. So that's why, you know, that step is kind of important because it gives you an idea of where to start and what to work on. Right. But, you kind of get through all of those. Like when you talked about disgust, you dealt with disgust when you were in that comparison of yeah. what, what does that person look like? And like, Oh man, that was my first thing. And kind of working through that so that you could kind of figure out what other emotions were there. So you could use those words instead, yes. <laughs> which is Yeah. Yes, friends, that is why that step is important. If you have not done it, please do that. <laughs> Stop before, this year. before doing this. Yes. <laughs> Stop now. Go back. Listen to number three. Begin <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So so in and I just what I, but what I felt was is I just I was just like looking at myself and it wasn't a feeling of negative. It was a feeling of fuck. I like that remorse, embarrassment of me treating myself, my physical self this way, like having a disregard for, you know, a lot of things, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, movement or the fact of, you know, the, the, the depression, whatever, I choice I made because I made these choices. Nobody made the choices for me. Um, although I won't take full owner, I take ownership in the choices I made, but I won't take ownership in the trauma that created the filters to make these choices. Like I, and I'm not so much blaming my upbringing, society, whatever, but that had a lot, that has a lot to do with yeah. my food culture, my, mm-hmm how I see myself, how I treat myself. I mean, Vanessa, we just did a podcast about kitchens and you saw how many epiphanies that I have in one <laughs> podcast. I was like, Oh, Oh, right. right. Well, because if the education isn't there, right. Like, so it, I mean, that is true that we, we go, Hey, our programming is faulty because you know, like the, of this traumatic stuff, but if the education isn't there. It, it is that moment of like, well, how was I going to know really, you know, like, other than wanting to go looking for it, it doesn't, it's, it's not as prevalent in our faces as all of these things that perpetuate the negative of our bodies and the negative of our food, you know, choices that, that we can make. So, yeah, I mean, I totally get that. And I think that that makes a ton of sense that like, okay, so yeah, I made some choices, but I also am going to cut myself a little bit of slack and be like, I mean, you don't know what you know till you know it. And sometimes you don't know what to look for until awareness hits, you know, and you have to work through that trauma to know what that trauma has done to you and and then work on those. And it can be things that is totally unrelated, but it affects it. Like Mm -hmm. the idea of money, like for me, the idea of money and eating out, like for me, that makes me feel affluent has nothing to do with my emotions has nothing to do with my body has nothing to do with my weight. But the more you eat out, the more you're not in control of what you're eating. And you tend to eat the portions that are put in front of you. And usually that's too much for a human. I mean, Mm -hmm. you could get two meals out of one meal you get at a restaurant sometimes. So it's, it's also like, but that affected how I look. It affects how I, you know, it affected my body shape and it affects how my body works and digests. And so I just got really sad. I just got really upset in a sense of like, just being gutted. Like, cause in, in, in some kind of way, I felt like I had abused myself. Yeah. That I was the abuser. And my body was the abusee and that it never had a voice. I never gave it a voice to say, stop, this is not good. I've never, like, I never gave it a chance to say what it needed to say, to say how it's feeling based on what I'm doing to it, whether it's through food, whether it's through lack of movement, whether it's through 
you know, whatever it's, it, it never really had a voice to say what it needed to say. So when, you know, I, I kind of, I sit and I think about it, it's like, oh my gosh, like I needed to see that because now my commitment's on a different level. Mm-hmm. My commitment has changed. Mm-hmm. It's changed because it's like, I've seen the abused child and I need to heal it. I need to, I need to take care of it. I need to nurture it. And it became something from something of what I hated to something that I had a monicum of compassion for that. I was like, shit, like I I'm, you know, it's like, I'm sorry. And there's a lot of therapy that has to be done because I have to go through the process that I go through and giving it a space and having conversation, allowing it to say what it needs to say so that I understand it better, that I hear it better, that I listen to it and that I give it its space. Like I've given my brain its space because again, I've created another space where the situation is that I don't listen. I'm not giving, I'm creating the same space my mother created for me as a child where there was no sense of understanding how I felt or that it was important even. And I have to recreate that and I have to apologize. I want to apologize. I want to let my body know that I get it. I see it. I see, I like, I could see my body and I could see my pain. And I can see all of the pain and all of the suffering contained in my body that I've been through. Like, it was like, I could like labels in different areas of the body. Like, it's like, it's all there. It's, it's all, you know, we say that, you know, our, our emotions are, are translated through our physical experience. And it's true because I could sit there with but that picture and label all the trauma that created that space or that organ or that part of my body and how it created it and what it did. And, and, you know, I, I could sit there and do that because it did, it was just a person who was, had lifetimes of suffering and, yeah sometimes that suffering is self-inflicted and I can't change how my parents were. I can't change how that affected me other than to work on clearing it, work on healing that cellular memory, work on disconnecting myself from that filter, cleaning that filter, releasing that filter. That's the work I can do for that. I can't, that's, that's the only work that I can do. And that's for that. I'm not after them changing anything or, you know, like I, I'm not looking for atonement from them because it's never, it's not what needs to be done. It's not, you know, but for me, I am now looking to me to, to be open to what the changes that have to be made. And something I said to my therapist, I said, you know, if I don't make this change, if I don't really step into this healing process in this healing moment, I'm going to die. I will be, you know, we talked, I think last week or a week ago about, you know, I, I watch, I, I don't watch them, but I see them on my, you know, my <sighs> streaming stuff, you know, my 600 pound life. And I was like, what's preventing me from getting there? What's preventing me from being that? And there's nothing that was preventing me from becoming that except for seeing my body naked almost yeah because now i'm like oh no (laughs) because Mm. if i continue down this road i will die i will become that and i will die because i won't be able to move because i can't because of the ra and the weight of my body doesn't doesn't work there's no joint replacement that's going to make it better Mm. and i there is nothing that will prevent me from that Unless I do the work, unless I go down the road of doing the work to healing what I need to heal, listening to my body when it's asking for something, whether it's let's go take a walk or let's, let's, you know, let's just move, let's clean because that's exhausting, you know, let's, let's do something that 
makes us feel good. It gives us the dopamine that maybe food would give us that we're missing out on, you know, and whatever it is that we're seeking. And of course, everything is going to help with the depression because any type of good, you know, good thing is going to help. But I just was so confronted with that image that I just, it's like, I I just, you know, it's like, I just want to hurry up and have this moment of contact with my body and, and, and talking to it and giving it space so that I can really truly apologize because I have, I have a years of apologies. <laughs> like, and I remember, and it reminded me of this one moment I was driving home. I was living back East again and I was driving home and this, this voice inside of me welled up and just started shouting at me about, you know, you know, it's not what you eat. It's that you eat so much of it. And it's like, like it was screaming at me. It was like my body's way of just, it had to break through and say something. And I was really like taken aback because I was like, what is this? Like, I like, okay. Like it was, it was trying to speak to me in the way that it knew how to let me know that it's like, dude, what are you doing? It's like that when the abuser finally has a, a, the abusee has, has a moment where they're like, why do you do this to me? What is your problem? Like, why are you like this? And you know, it's, it's that. And I just, but I just continued. I just, I just disregarded it because of whatever, but yeah, that's, that's the story of what has happened in this last week or so. And I, you know, and well, and I want to be very clear because I'm just, yeah. Okay. I I'm just hearing everything they're saying to me and them by meaning my guides, angels. And I'm like, I just want to be very clear. I share for relatability. I don't need our lovely angels, our friends and followers. I don't want advice. I don't want you to tell me what I need to do. I don't want you to tell me what the best new thing you diet you found. I don't, that's not, that's not, no, this, that's not welcome here. I'm sorry. That's how we get people to eat themselves, you know, kind of like eat their feelings is because so many people are giving unsolicited advice. So, and then so many people are there when you're in this space, you're desperate, right? Like you're desperate for change. And if somebody provides something that you feel like will give you what you're looking for, and this goes into in any, you know, in anything, if there's a, if there's a moment where you feel like following it and you start following it, you, you are falling off the path of the true healing, right? So if you were to have that moment and not to say that this is what's, what's happening to you, but what could happen to, you know, somebody else in that situation is that sounds good. I'm going to do that when it's like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, you have to stay on this journey. Like this is emotional journey. This is not cut to diet time or cut to whatever time. Like, no, 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 no. Like we can't cut to time of whatever. And I think, you know, everything is grain of salt, right? Like we, we have to teach people. And, and when I say we, I mean, collectively, you know, like things are different now. There are times now where we have to say, I'm the person that doesn't want the advice. If somebody else asks for it, that's great for them, but I don't want it, you know, and being able to, to set that boundary is important. And I'm glad that you did that because I think that's important for everybody who's listening to hear if that's a boundary that you need and you're feeling like people's uh, people's advice that they're giving to you is, is making you feel like you're not moving fast enough. You're not doing the right things or any other, you know, any other thing that makes you question your journey, then that's that time to build that boundary. You know, people mean well, you know, not a lot of people are giving information because they're like, oh my God, you're going to credit me in your book, you know, like, or whatever, you know, like I'm going to get some sort of glory from it. It's coming from the heart, but that doesn't mean that it's not painful. And so we have to have our own boundaries to say, this is not what I'm looking for to teach people. Right. So that hopefully the next time that this person encounters somebody, they can say, Hey, 
if you ever need, right? Because that's the way to do it. If you ever want to talk about this, or if you ever want to whatever, I'm here. And that's it. Not, hey, here's all of the things. Here's all the information. Like, nope. I think what most people, there's a couple of things that I want to speak to that most people don't realize is A, most of us who are overweight already know everything. I could, I could give you chapter and verse about just about every book out there that talks about how to eat, whether it's your blood type, whether it's your DNA, whether it's whatever it is, we've all read it. We've all done it. I've done Weight Watchers a hundred times. I've, you know, I have read keto. Like I, we know it's not that we don't have the knowledge friends. (laughs) It's nothing to do with having, not having the knowledge. It's that It's not about the knowledge because I'll tell you the one thing that at first my brain, when it was confronted with that photo, wanted to go, oh my God, we need to do this. We need to join the gym. We need to go this way. Oh my God, let's get radical and radical coming from a space of sadness of of almost like that sense of remorse is never going to be sustainable. I'm never going to follow through. It's going to then again, add another layer of that tea trauma, like, you know, Mm -hmm. like just stamp another tea on my forehead and Mm -hmm. give me another one of those moments. And I refuse to do it. I am opening up myself and my, my, my psyche and my energy to what my body has to say. Like last night we went out to eat for Thai and Mm -hmm. they give you this massive portion of food and normally in a past life, I would have eaten the whole thing because I'm like, this is so good. And I would have just eaten it all. But I was like, I took like, I ate like a quarter of it. And I think I brought most of it home because I'm like, I, I'm not hungry. I, I got to a point where I was starving. I ate, you know, we ate our shrimp appetizer and then we ate, I ate some of the Thai food and I was like, yep, I'm done. I could have pushed myself. I probably could have finished what was on there. But my body was telling me I'm full. I'm pleasant. I'm safe, but I don't, I, I don't want any more food. And I was like, okay, so we're not going to feed you any more food. Yeah. And wow. I, and that's, you know, and that's me opening up my body to hear, opening up my mind to hear wow. when my body says, okay, that's enough. Mm-hmm. That's enough. And, you know, I, that is a huge thing for me because I'm very much that person that finishes their plate at dinner yeah. or, you Especially know, if it tastes good, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> it was probably the first good Thai food we've had in Portland yet. Yeah. So the second you said Thai food, I thought I that would be a struggle for me too, you know, right? To because it tastes so good, right? And we want it and when we're in that habit of just clean the plate. Yeah. It's all like, yeah, that's big. So you know to be able to do that. It's about reining in our brain, reining in your tendencies to go fad dieting, go like jump on a diet, like stop eating. Oh my God, let's start fasting. Like it's yes, yes, yes. It's, it's our brain's tendency to want us to go there because it sees a problem. So let's try to fix it, but realizing it's not going to fix it because we're not dealing with the reason I made the choices to begin with. Right. That's, that's why it's so important um, to well, really- mindset, man, I mean, manifestation mindset works here too. Yeah. If we're going to operate from lack, if we're going to operate from fear, if we're going to operate from disgust, or if we're going to operate from all those things, we're going to get more of it. Yep. If, but and, if you operate from love, you're going to get more love. Exactly. And for me, it's, it was this perfect storm. Yeah. I had a connection. That's why it's kind of important on this journey, on this podcast to start from the beginning, because all the tools that you're going to learn from step one, neutral observer, being able to step back, being able to observe, not engage in the brain, creating that connection between the heart and the mind. You know, you have to, you have to be able to rein your mind in sometimes and not just do what it wants you to do and just be swept up. And it's, and it's like, putting out its fire, you know, like, cause it's screaming the loudest, you know, you have to be able to step back and go, okay, brain, I get it. You're scared. We're scared. I'm scared too, but yeah. we're not going to react from this way. What is the best thing to do? And, you know, and for me, it's therapy. It's like, okay, we need to get in touch with the body. We need to do this so we can like begin that process of healing our relationship with it, making amends, whatever that is. 
and to, you know, this week is not about food. Maybe next week is about food and about what it wants. This week is not about food. This week is about the understanding of, of creating an, a, a trustworthy environment for my body to be able to say, I need this and that I'm going to do it the best that I can for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and because, you know, and my body knows I've rejected it. My body knows that there's a sense of you can't do what you used to do. You know, you know, there is many times I've met people who have been disabled from birth and they always have said to me, I'm so glad it happened when I was born because Mm -hmm. I've known nothing else. And it's so hard for people who have known a normal life to have tragedy happen and for it to change it forever, because then they just look back at what it was and they are in this space of mourning for a very long time. Absolutely. She says, I don't have a problem coping because I was born this way, but it's harder for people to cope with some sort of physical change, either like a disability, an accident or something that's changed your physical container that it doesn't work how it used to. Right. She says it's, you know, I've had many of them. I've talked to many of them and they just, they're well, like, you can't miss what you haven't experienced. Right. Like, cause you really don't know it. Yes. yes. And it's not to say that their struggle isn't real. That's not my point. Yeah. But my point is, is that when you come, you're hit at 30 with a, with a disease that takes away all of your ability to do the things you'd love to do forever. And now you have to recreate yourself. There's a sense of rejection of that body and there's a sense of that, but I know that all of it, there's a lot to atone for. There's many layers. There's going to be many moments of healing. There's going to be many moments of understanding and of tears and of, you know, just healing work to be done. True, honest healing work of hearing what it has to say, being open to it, not giving it excuses, not saying, but my mom did this, but my dad did this, but saying, but just saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't, you know, I I've treated myself this way because that's, I, it just needs to be heard and it needs to be validated in a sense, not through I'm sorry's, but through action, through the action of me. If I'm giving it a platform to speak, to listening to it and to creating that, um, and, and just go from there. But when, when you do these kind of, like I say, you know, risky moves and it is, it's a risk. It was a risk move for me to do what I did because it could have sent me the other direction. I could have taken that crazy train down to like crazyville and, and, mm-hmm. you know, had a complete mm-hmm. meltdown and even bigger than I had and mm-hmm. totally blamed like everybody else and like totally brought another layer of trauma, but the universe knows me. The universe knew and saw what I've done, the work that I've done, what I've prepared myself for. And it was like, you really need to see this in order to really understand and be truly committed to the process. Because if our, if my filter is of my, you know, 20 something year old self that was thin and that was, or healthy as healthy size. I wasn't thin. It's just a healthy size felt good in my body was doing the right things. And if my filter is that, then it kind of dilutes my commitment to the process when I don't think anything's really wrong. I know it's wrong. But there's a part of me that wants to avoid that and wants to use that filter to say, no, there's really nothing wrong. I don't need to worry about it. But by being confronted with that photo, it made me realize, no, it's there's something that it's not that it's wrong, but there's something that needs to be taken care of. There's something that needs to happen. There's healing here. There's healing here. Like looking at my belly, my belly is a little bit more enlarged than it, than it has been in, in, in forever. And I'm like, okay, yep. You know, there's the solar plexus. There's where my power is, you know, and I'll, there's my emotions. There's, there's that, you know, that sacral chakra. I can see everything and I can see all of the things that affect those areas, those emotions, the type of emotions. And I'm like, oh, it is just, it is just time. Yeah. It's it 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 just strengthened and solidified that commitment 
that idea that, oh, this isn't just going to be fluff and like rainbows and unicorns and love and light. This is going to be a lot of like, ooh, girl, <laughs> we're going to dig deep for this one. Right. And we're going we're gonna to need shovels and probably hats with lights on it. And we're going to, you know, need to bring pack lunches because there's some work to be done. Because, <laughs> you know, it just, because we're going to be here a minute. Yeah. And what I really want to stress to all of you is that A, I'm not giving you advice on what to do. I'm giving you my journey. I'm giving you a pathway that if it resonates with you, please come along. But you have to decide what your journey is for you. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not here to give you advice. I'm not here to tell you what to do. But I am here to share my journey and to share a more heart-centered journey versus what society has given us. I'm just, I'm, I'm disgusted at what society gives us. Yeah. And my, my desire to do this work here on a public forum was so that it gives people who are fed up with the fad dieting, the fad, you know, apps and, and the whatever that they need something different. Cause it's, there's a deeper level of healing they're, they're desiring. And this is why I'm doing it is because there's nothing like this out there. Right. There isn't, there isn't, especially with, with these kinds of topics and, you know, the, these kinds of raw, you know, real moments, you know, and being able to kind of connect, you know, like one, th- one thing that you had mentioned, and I don't know, I mean, we talk so much over the week that it's like, I don't know if this was on a podcast or pre-podcast or pre-live or what, I mean, I don't know when these things come out now at this point, it's just kind of like, I heard it one time happen, (laughs) but, you know, and, and you have been saying it, you know, all along, but I think it's important to kind of really, um, it, it seems counterintuitive to detach mind and body but in a way that's kind of what has to happen so that you can converse, right? Like when we think of it as same, we, one overpowers the other and the other just doesn't exist. Right. And then you've been saying it a lot. And I think it's important to stress it that in, in this m- moment, we're listening to each other, you know, that we're, that creating almost like a separate entity of personality or, you know, whatever it is that works for you to be able to say, I'm going to talk to my body, like my body and my brain, like my brain, so that I can have separate conversations about what is happening because the one conversation has gotten me here to I'm ignoring somebody. And I don't want to ignore anybody anymore because the goal isn't to then now trash your mind because you've been, you had been trashing your body previously. Like we don't want to do that. We're trying to create congruence. We're trying to create a healthy relationship with heart, mind, body, soul, all of it coming together and be in feeling like it communicates to each other and that you can understand that, you know, and I love that, you know, the Thai food was a perfect example. And I think that that grows with time because, but, but only with awareness, right? Because somebody who's listening, that's not in the right headspace is going to go, well, sure. You just cut down your portions. Right. And it's like, no, that's not what happened. Right. <laughs> like We're trying to stress to you that, that wasn't the thing that happened. The thing that happened was listening to my body, hearing what it had to say and not overpowering it with what was normal for me for the last however long, which was, I don't care if you're full. I like what this tastes like, you know, (laughs) so I'm going to keep going or I paid for it. So I'm going to keep going or this isn't going to taste as good when I warm it up later. So I better eat it now or all (laughs) many different things. The tricks that we use to be like, shut up body. It's coming in. (laughs) right? So yes, was the portion, you know, cut down. And yes, is that part of journeys of changing our bodies? Absolutely. But it's that motive behind it. It's that conversation behind it that changes this over a lifetime and not over a short period of time because we're doing it out of rejection of 
ourselves. And I wasn't restricting myself due to exactly. an idea. And let me tell you yeah. something, my friends, I have never restricted or cut my portions because of whatever I may have calorie counted. That was hell, but I have never thought, Oh, I'm going to have this portion because I need to eat less. I've never no, because when you start restricting, you getting into that restriction, you're creating that environment of like, there's almost an abuse environment because you're getting into that phase of, Oh no, you're too fat. That way you can't eat all that you want. So you can only have part of this. Restrictive eating is based from a sense of you don't know how to control your portions or your body or how to eat. And mm-hmm. that creates lack mentality and void mentality. hundred exactly. percent. Mm-hmm. And and I'm Tom, sorry. The minute you tell me that I can't have like the rest of my candy bar, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat the entire candy bar and I may eat another one just to flip you the bird. So don't right. eat food to punish me with because I will m- make it worse for you. And that's, I will punish I, myself harder. Right. You can't punish right. me. I do it good on my own. Yeah. Like. Right. <laughs> you can't put it. Nobody can punish me like me. Right? Don't try it. Don't try to out punish my body. I will. I'm in control of that. Thank you. hundred percent. But when see, but what we're doing right now is having that conversation, right? Allowing that conversation to flow freely of like, this is the conversations that we have. I mean, I have them too, you know, where it's like, go ahead. You're going to eat that. You know, it's like, I hear my body being like, you're going to feel like shit tomorrow. If you eat all the sugar before bed, like that's, what's going to happen. You're going to wake up. You're going to feel sugar hangover. Like, why are you doing this to me? You know? And it's like, I'm over here like, but I want to eat it, you know, or I, you know, I'm just feeling like sweet toothy or whatever. And there's conversations. I have these all the time. They're literal conversations, you know, of like, I hear myself trying to rationalize something that is abusive to my body for what reason, you know? And that's, you know, that it's hard to do sometimes. And I get it. And this is not, you know, people who are listening are getting the realness. They're getting the understanding. Like this isn't an easy process. This isn't a, Hey, I just, you know, I decided that I was going to be not traumatized anymore. And then everything came into, you know, came into view and we just floated through like, no, we have to change. We have to understand what struggles we're going to have where, and we're going to have to battle them, you know, sometimes with heavy armor, Sometimes not. Sometimes we're just throwing a net over it and holding it down until it stops struggling so that it will listen. (laughs) Right? Like stop freaking out. And then we could talk like a child having a tantrum. (laughs) And and for those of you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna address those of you who want to who are inclined to be advice givers Mm -hmm. or who are inclined to judge, I encourage you to look inward to connect with yourself, to see, do I judge me? Do I give advice? Does my brain constantly doling out advice that I don't take because of whatever reason? Do I shame myself with advice? Because chances are, if you're doing it to other people, you do it a lot to yourself because we always treat others sometimes as we treat ourselves. And unless you're very narcissistic or, you know, or a sociopath, then, then all games are, you know, yeah. Hugging are off. You know, you just, that's a whole nother ball. We don't even really know why they do what right. they do because we can't trust any research on them because we can't trust them. Exactly. There's, there's, there's no truth, you know, because, right. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, because they'll just deny it and then make us see. Right. So, um, just if you're a normal human, just check in with yourself, ask yourself, do I judge you? And it's probably going to tell you, yeah, you do a lot and mm-hmm. it hurts. And, mm-hmm really connect with that. I, I understand. I understand. I used to be that person who wanted to rush in with a hell of a lot of advice, give advice to everybody. And it's now in the past, I would say probably three to six years that I've realized is that that's shitty. I know it comes from the heart, but it's shitty because that person's struggling with something. And so I just am very like, 
if your friend wants to talk about her weight journey or her size journey or her body acceptance journey or his, it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be a non-binary, you know, please just listen. If you want to share advice or share your story, ask what that person needs. Mm-hmm. Say, how, how can I help you? Do you need just to he- be heard today? Or are you looking for some solutions or just support? Ask them. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of mm-hmm. 10, people who are on this journey have done everything. We don't need advice. We've got, we've got society giving us advice. We don't need advice. We've done it all. <laughs> and to just yeah. really be clear and be present for that person. Because here's the thing. My mom used to tell me I would be beautiful. If I lost weight, I would be pretty or beautiful. She said that from a, from her heart. Now, on the outside of that, you see, oh, how damaging. But giving advice is just as damaging. So I encourage you to just really step back and kind of gauge where you're at in your advice giving and your judgment in your space of um, what it is that, you know, that, that you feel compelled to do or say. And, you know, like I said, it's just as easy to ask, you know, how can I support you in this moment or on this journey? Because sometimes it's just, we want to be heard. We want to share our process so that somebody understands us and some, and accepts us. So yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of layers to that too. And like, you know, with, with me in therapy, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody who, when, when we're trying to do that, like, right. Like, so they're like, I don't, I don't want to isolate myself, right. Like on this journey, whatever my, whatever myself, um, you know, whatever my self journey is right now, I don't want to isolate, but you know, they'll say something like that. I don't want advice or I don't want my mom to, you know, go into crisis mode because now she feels like I'm a broken human being because I'm sharing my story. So we do those two things, right? Like of, okay, well, you know, teach, teach the people in our lives. Like like if I'm saying it, right. If I ask for help, I want help. If I'm sharing, I'm sharing, you know, it's, it's, it's two way, right? Like, so for me, I love to help people. So I'm like, you're hurt. Like my, my empathy makes me rush to be like, you're hurt. I must help fix your hurt. And it, I have to do that mindful thing of, okay, like really do a pause, look at what that person is asking for and just give support. They know you're there. It's, I mean, it's, but it's automatic, you know, it's automatic for me to be like, this helps, this helps, especially doing what I do, right? Like this helps. Oh my gosh, this helps. You know, like here, here comes some information. Many times I write things on Facebook and I delete it, you know? And then I just say like, you know, I'm here for you if you need me, or if there's anything I can do, or if there's any information I can share with you, just let me know. It's hard to retrain myself to do that, but it is also important for me to train my clients to be very clear about what they're asking for too, because we get people that are very vague, <laughs> right? They blast this whole thing on Facebook and you're like, I don't know what, like, why would you do that? You know what I mean? And you don't want to be insensitive and say, well, why are you posting this? <laughs> right? It sounds like an asshole thing to say, right? Because obviously you're trying to share, but you don't know the state of mind that that person is in. So it's two things, right? We have to be more sensitive when we're ready to, you know, when we're raring to help somebody because we feel like we just want to jump in. But when we're, when we're sharing, it is also up to us to be clear on what we're looking for. I went through this with fertility people very much because people love to like, there's some special pain that I think a lot of people can connect to with that. And so it becomes like, let me help you. Let me help you. And then they get all like, I don't want help. I don't need help. I don't whatever. And it's like, so you guys say that, like, you have to teach people. You have to be the teacher because the expectation that people know what you want can't be there unless you've communicated it. Once you've communicated it and you've said, mom, don't ask me. And then mom asks you, you have free reign (laughs) to then like 
you know, kind of go off and be like, I put up a boundary and you didn't respect it. So it's a lot, you know, like this journey or this specific journey, there's a lot of basic stuff that I think we forget to apply in certain areas. And this is one of them, you know, like if my house burned down, I would know to ask for food, for clothes, for whatever. And I, you know, wouldn't expect somebody to drop off a TV, you know, but I might need a TV. So I'm not gonna be mad at them because they thought maybe TV was more important than clothes. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of that, that whole thing, but making sure that if I'm the TV giver, I say, Hey, I have a TV. Would that help you (laughs) versus just being the dropper offer of the TV? You know, it's, 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 it's a lot to put on the shoulders of somebody that's healing, but it's, it's empowerment, right? Because it's boundaries. It's being able to say, this is my journey. It is not yours. I'm glad for your journey, but I'm on mine. And I will let you know when I would like you to be helpful on mine. Yeah. And, you know, and, and also just be open. Like if you are on your journey, just be open to when people ask, you know, do you just need support or do you need solutions? And just be, just know that, Hey, I just need right now. I just need support. And, and, you know, and that way there's never a sense of, well, he said, she said, he didn't say, they didn't say, it's just easier to know when, when, you know, or even just say, look, I'm just looking for some support. Can, can you witness my story? Can you hear me? Can I share Mm -hmm. something that's heavy on me? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, over time, sorry, over time that you won't need to do it so much because of the fact that you know who you're with. Like, you know, that like Vanessa and I know that we don't need to ask. We, I will ask her, I said, can I offer a suggestion or can I offer a different like viewpoint or whatever? And mm-hmm. to give permission for her to say, Nope, I just needed to vent today. But, mm-hmm. but that's, we know that we're for each other. Right. Well, we know each other. Exactly. So mm-hmm. when you have training, it's, training people in your life to treat you the way that you need to be treated. Yeah. Again, but it's also empowerment because you're getting that message too, (laughs) right? Like you're learning to empower your own journey of saying like, well, then, then, then that means I'm owning wanting support. I'm owning wanting help. I'm owning that these are my choices for when I get them. Right. Because I can solicit them or I can deny them when they're unsolicited. That's my empowerment here. Yes. So angels hope that helped. I hope that gave you some insight. I hope that helped. I mean, if you, when you're, when you're gotten through the first like five episodes and you're like, you know, I think I'm ready and you're ready to see yourself with compassion versus disgust and, and uh, dislike and rejection, then, you know, do something that confronts you with, what the reality of what, who you are. And so that you can see it with compassion and love and kindness and empathy and, and understand that that's really, this is where the body journey really begins for me. Um, and I, I know that because I, I signed on, but I never felt there was something, I had this disillusionment that there was nothing to sign on to, but I knew my universe knows better and the universe knows me. So it was like, nope, I'm going to put this in front of you. So you realize how important this is. So, (laughs) Right. And well, and there's one thing before we go that I, I said it like before we got on here and then I forgot, but the, one of the most major things about your experience that I was proud of you of, and that I think warrants being talked about is it, and it goes along that line of support is that you were able to bring a trusted friend into that space with you. You allowed that, but then also allowed yourself not to reject what that person had to say, which is very natural, right? Like how many times do we like, Oh, does that picture look good? And they're like, yeah, it does. And you're like, Oh, you're just saying that because you're my friend, like completely, you know, disregard regard everything that you've said, you know, and you didn't do that. Like you were able to be like, I'm going to listen to your objective, good view, because I trust that you're not that person. I trust that you're going to say, nope. And yep. And you're going to mean both of them exactly that way. And they did very important. 
And they did because there were some beautiful pictures. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some great pictures, but there were the ones that, that confronted me. And that was like, Oh, okay. And, and, <laughs> and, and yeah, and you're right. Because I would have been embarrassed. I would have been embarrassed to have someone see me in that way, but everybody needs a queer best friend who is honest and loving and kind. Oh, great. Yeah. And who is <laughs> and just, who has a sense of, I got you. You know what I mean? Like that you truly know that they're never going to lie to you to make you feel good because they know better and they want you to be as fly as they see you to be. And, you know, and Amen. I, I'm just telling you, but, but then again, I'm very lucky. And, you know, we all have friends that are that for us. And I'm that way for my other friends. Like I will, I'm that honest person. I will, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'll give you my honest opinion. And if I think you look ridiculous, I'm going to tell you, no, I don't think that's the one for you. <laughs> like, but yeah, yeah. No, for let's sure. Let's try not that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I really wanted to highlight that. And it's like, we went through the whole thing and I, and, and I forgot, but it's so important because this part of it that you just went through, I feel like that was, that was uh, a major good thing for other people to think about doing, you know, like jumping into this possibly dangerous water alone can have the reverse effect very, very quickly. And we're not trying to you know, induce that in anyone, you know, again, like, we're not saying here's the only way to do this or whatever. And like, you have to do this. We're saying this is the journey that Amy's on. These are the things that are working for her. But if you are following these things, here's what's been helpful. So you might want (laughs) to go ahead and try that out too, because every formula, right? Like we can only give you the formula that exists in our world. That's it. Yep. But if you're not going to follow it, you know, then that becomes your ownership and your understanding that you're morphing it into something that works for you. Exactly. Um, you're, and you're, if it doesn't work for you, you have something, you have something else here to try. Right. And Trump, you know, everybody's origins are different. Everybody's yeah. reasons why they get somewhere are different. And yeah. so one size is not going to fit everybody. But I I truly believe that when we come from the heart, regardless of our origins, it's really the way we find the true healing in our way that we do it. And it might not be that you are of size. Maybe your body journey is accepting the way that you are now. Maybe you're at the end of of an eating disorder and you need to find acceptance of who you are and, 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 and maybe this will help because the demons that lie in the the mind and whatever, you know, has, has caused you to go on that journey, but (coughs) we're sharing just to give another avenue way to love and to care about yourself. So I love you all. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for um, just wanting to listen. And thank you, Vanessa, for, being on this journey with me and sharing thoughts and sharing your perspective from a human, as well as, as, you know, our rogue life coach. (laughs) Perfect. And I love being on this journey, you know, I'm pumped for this and I'm like, let's do it, man. Like, because, because of what it's going to do for everybody else, but because of what it's going to do for you more than anything, you know, I think I say it often, but I'm going to say it again, you know, like the, the decision to do this was easy, you know, the, the decision to kind of, and I don't think I pushed, but the kind of the decision to really be supportive and be like, yes, I mean, I really want to do this. Yes. I, you know, like kind of like in case there was any lingering, I'm, I'm wanting to do it because of what I know that you deserve for your life and wanting to be, you know, whatever it is that I can be to help you be there you know, whether it's, you know, just standing by and making you feel safe or whether it's giving a different perspective or whatever it is, you know, I I think, you know, so for me, it's like double win. I I get to try to save the world, but also really help one of my dearest friends. So I love it. I love it. I love that I have my own personal cheerleader. (laughs) You bet. (laughs) 
right, my friends. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. Um, yeah, it'll be Friday when you hear this. So yeah, see us on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.